Hello and welcome to the Star Trek Review Podcast. Trek this out. I'm your host Bob, uh, and then joining me on the bridge are uh, uh, my slightly smaller harem of hosts. Uh, Lindsay, hello. Hello. Hello, John. Harem. Me. Yeah, hello. <laughs> and, uh, we are an equal opportunities, Harim. Yeah, I'm just imagining <laughs> imagining John in uh, the Princess Leia uh, bikini in Return of the Jedi. Uh, and, and Andrea. I'm speechless at that um, <laughs> suggestion. But it's, hello. It's beautiful. Hello. Hope, hopefully, in a positive way, though, Andrea. Oh, yeah. Very positive. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I'll just turn the camera off a minute. Uh, off a, off a bucket at IL-12. Um, unfortunately, Morn has gone on holiday with Gloria Hunniford this week to Corfu. Uh, so I've had, I've had to hire in some uh, cheap replacement, a cheap, cheaper replacement, basically, because budget on this podcast is a bit tight. Uh, I've got some clangers in. All right, clangers, how are you doing? <laughs> not, no, not, not a word. Hang on, let me just put in the, uh, the, the tra- universal translator, because I don't understand what they're fucking saying. Yeah, right, Clangers. We've had no training on this ship, and we're contracting the space union. Yeah, 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 whatever. Anyway, on this episode, we'll be reviewing the new series of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, episode 5, Die Trying, give our lights out of 5, read, reading out your feedback to the story void on this week's spreadsheet, and doing some random shit along the way. Anyway, I'm going to turn this spore driver, and let's jump into this. We're here. Federation headquarters. Discovery is reporting for duty. Trusting you is a risk Starfleet cannot take since the burn. You're not home yet. I believe that here there are answers for all of us. The Admiral's given us this chance. They can't fail. Let's show them who we are. Well, that was an exciting trailer, and for me, uh, a very exciting episode. So let's just get our first first vibes. Well, sound like too much of a hippie on this. Um, I'm not going to go first. I went first last time. John, I'm going to come to you first, please. Get your sort of first vibes. Yeah, it was a very Star Trek episode. Uh, I quite enjoyed that fact about it. Yeah. And I quite enjoyed we got lots of revelations and new stuff about future Federation and future Starfleet that was quite interesting couple of nice little character points on the way as well uh, yeah it was quite quite a good one it didn't blow my socks off but it was very good ah good 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 andrea i'm much happier this week good but like i was the grumpy sod in the group last week but i was very happy this week so i'm, I'm pleased about that it it's felt just, like a return to form without without jumping forward um our other other, other resident geordie uh, contributor gary russell he said exactly so he did he hated last week and then loved this week but we're jumping forward but maybe it's a northeast thing i don't know <laughs> um i didn't notice that actually so. <laughs> uh lindsay uh, yeah i really enjoyed it too um I, I have an overarching thought about the fact that i think that season three is where a lot of trek suddenly find their feet and this feels like what's happening now so yeah, yeah i'm happy so it's fairly positive all around well so I'm not going to give you his lights, but I'm going to, you know, tell you where he thought to get his vibe as well. Uh, great episode. Uh, loved the interrogation scenes. Uh, loved 
how the crew handle themselves under observation from the Federation slash Starfleet. Uh, going to Miss Nana, na, na, oh, Spoonface, but not Spoonface this week, was she? Uh, why uh, why make her regular if they're, gonna, they're going to dump the character uh, in the fifth episode? You don't never know, Sucky, you never know. Uh, love, love the back and forth between Giorgio and uh, David Cronenberg's character. Uh, the new starships were a delight, and I'll tell you what his lights are later. But yeah, positive-ish all round. Uh, before we kick on, um, I want I want the listeners to get to know the horse a little bit better. So we're going to do Discover Me, Discover You. Discover me, discover you. Uh-huh. There is nothing else I'd rather do. Discover me, discover you. Uh-huh. Let's get to know our host intimately. Discover me, discover you. Aha. Uh-huh. Um... So I, I just what I like for listeners, new and you and old, um, is just I want you to get to know a little bit more about us all. So I'm going to ask the host some questions, uh, and then we'll listen to her answer, and you know you get to know them a little bit more. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Lindsay. Okay. Uh, so, in fact, just one thing before oh, I just my microphone uh, before I crack on is the alcoholic drink Scott Scotch Scottish. Just came into my head then. And we're asking you a question anyway, so uh, do you know? Scotch is what the Americans refer to whiskey as. Yes. So is that Scottish or is it American? American. Scottish. No, it's Scot- it's, oh, it's Scottish whiskey. It's Scot- short for Scot- Scottish whiskey, well, as opposed to Irish whiskey or bourbon. Well, I didn't know that. Thank you very much, Lindsay. It was that wasn't your question. It just came into my head then. Uh, the world is getting hotter, apparently due to some fake news called climate change. <laughs> um. Do you recycle and how far do you go with it? So, for example, I fucking hate recycling. It's a pain in the ass. But my girlfriend, she's a bit of a hippie, she loves it. Like, But she literally washes the fucking plastics out. And I'd say, just put them in the bin thing and then let them wash it out because we're doing them a favour fucking recycling it. Tea bags, fruit skins lying around everywhere. In that- it, hold on. Where's the question? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, Lids. And uh, Yeah. Um, so do you recycle and how far do you go with it? That's just an example of my household. So, um, first I'm going to say, not fake news. Secondly, I'm going to say, they're not doing you a favour, we are all doing ourselves a favour by I'm recycling. Washing, I'm not washing fucking stuff, though. So, for those of us who have children, we're particularly doing them a favour by endeavouring to recycle and reduce our impact on our already stuffed up planet. Um, so, yeah, I do recycle. Um, I will rinse things out if they are dirty, but like if it's like a mushroom container, I might just put it straight into the recycling. There you go. You're a fair, you're a fair recycler, then, not like oh, you know, complete mentalist like my girlfriend who d- does tea bags and all sorts. Oh, well, I do food, like I do food scraps because oh, we have like a we have a food re- uh, like a food waste recycling like that, scheme. I keep getting caught out because I just chuck everything in big bin, you know, when it's big bin night, just to get rid of shit. Because she's a harder as well, so I just throw stuff in the bin, and she always catches me. Anyway, I get in trouble, and she takes it out. Uh, let's come to someone else. on her. Yeah, oh, no, she's great. She's great. She keeps me in line. It's good. Uh, John. Yo. You you are preparing for an interview as a sexy flight attendant. What knowledge do you already possess in this field, and what would you wear for the interview? Um. <laughs> I would wear I would wear a business suit. I'd <laughs> be respectable and I'd be professional looking. I would endeavour to make them aware that I am good at talking to people 
uh, even though I'm not, I would tell them that in an interview because, you know, it's an interview. Why wouldn't you lie? Can you do all the, the, the all that shit, all the hand waving? Do you know where the act? Do you know where the I have never been on a plane have you in not? my entire like, life. Like, so. like Mr. T, like Bea Baracus. Yeah, I know, but you tried to fucking drug my milk, and I'll, I'll kick <laughs> your ass. Up. Oh, you've, it's just my cunning plan. So it's just a very sin- sensible thing, John. I like your style. Uh, Lindsay's very sensible as well. Andrea. Um, okay. Is this question going to involve STDs? No. Oh. Good. I'm quite relieved about that. It's a different theme this week, Andrea. Slightly. Um, whilst, <laughs> whilst rambling through this the South Shields industrial cu- countryside at showdown, an apparition of a humanoid figure starts to appear before you. As this possible ghoul starts forming, a glimmer of the moonlight projects towards the nether regions of the phantom stranger. You take a judgment from the sight of these ghoulies, uh, and there's a 23% chance they belong to Jason Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrea, are you afraid of no ghost? Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, right? If this is happening in Sol Shields, I would fucking taser it before move any further, to be quite frank. Um, anyone who says otherwise has never been to Sol Shields, especially at night. Um, so, yeah, it's getting tasered. <laughs> Even if it's potentially Jason, Jason Isaac's ghoul. Yeah, he's lurking around like an industrial estate in South Shields at night. He's getting <laughs> like, get out on the ground, I bitch. Mean, yeah. it, it just goes to show, no matter how much you like a man, if he comes yeah. at you at night in an industrial area, I mean, he might well have to taser him in the bollocks. Two, two out of three, eight bad. So we've had two positives. Yes, it's from Andrea. This one, it's just a step too far. Excellent. I might move on next week. Um, I, can, I can cope with syphilis, but not being like, <laughs> lurking around in South Shields. I'm yeah. sorry, but that's like, that's the bridge too far. That's I mean, where the line is. Well, that might it. have to be in the South Shield bloody leisure yeah. tourism directory as a quote, that should be. <laughs> Ghosts. You get fucking tasered if you can <laughs> round here, like. Um, and all ectoplasm and that. Right, okay, let's get on with this review indeed. Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 5, Die Trying. We've had a very positive whip round, um, but let's get into into this, into this a bit deeper. Uh, Andrea, I'll come to you first. Well, I think it was a much better episode. I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I've not been very well this week, so I got, like, one, I got to watch it much earlier than I normally do. Um, and two, I, I was hoping for something, like, positive rather than, like, having a face like a slapped ass like I did last week, which may have had something to do with my mood, I don't know. Um, but I definitely think there's this sort of TOS vibe to the series. Um, I think that plot arc's still running along, um, but it's very much feels like that story, that planet alien puzzle of the week that gets resolved, um, yeah. which I, I think it, it is much more episodic in format, and I don't know if that's kind of preparing us for strange new worlds or what. Um, but to me, that are kind of I've got a lot of Doctor Who analogies this week. I don't know why, but um, there's a lot of things that made me think of, of sort of Doctor Who. Um, it's much more like an RTD arc versus a Moffat arc. Um, yeah. If you've seen Doctor Who, I might as well have just said that in Klingon. Um, <laughs> It's a much more, even though that story's kind of there, I feel like that arc's much more sort of like that little thing with the the tune that's kind of running through. Yeah. That's being picked up as a, a thread that people all know this tune, which kind of reminds us of Cloud Atlas. Um, it's like, it's like your, that, your bad wolf and your torchwood and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it? It, it felt much more like that kind of 
that little thread that yeah. runs through, that's going to turn into something big. Um, so it, it, it did kind of have that feel for me, um, and I quite like it. Um, yeah. I think sort of, I, I like season one, I like season two, but I think especially season one was very much like the ongoing story, the ongoing story, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next in this big kind of story. Whereas I think that there's that more subtle arc running through, um, which I quite like. I quite like trying to like, unpick but yeah i found that musical cue quite I'm, I'm very fond of cloud atlas which i know is quite unusual um and it did kind of i did think well, like where's this going um across time and space and all that it was um what, what it did i remember thinking back to season two because i re rewatched season one and two before three came out season two started off a little bit like this so like doing sort of separate stories and then it just went full arc, you know, rather than just arc all the way. Season two started a bit like that. And it's always what I wanted. And I think when we did the last podcast of season two or whatever, our thoughts on season three, this is just exactly what I wanted. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Um, there's little hark backs, but there's all this new stuff. And, just, and it just looks amazing. All the sort of watery features, the floorboards going up and all that kind of stuff. Um, Lindsay, what do you think? Yeah, I think for me, there's a uh, there's a joy in that kind of mix of the the arc and the the episodic. Uh, for me, this week, I didn't love the second half. Uh, the bit with the Barzans on the the seed pod, I had some issues with, but there was so much else going on with this episode that I still came out of the episode feeling that I'd really enjoyed it. Mm. There were enough character moments. There was enough kind of like overarching plot development that actually the fact that I was significantly irritated by one or two specific things didn't make it feel like a bad episode and, and that I think is if you can hit that that's, that's going to help keep people generally happier I think oh definitely John uh, yeah I'd agree with uh, what you guys have said Sp specifically Andrea I think that the the whole uh, idea of there being like a more episodic thing and the, also that we don't have a big baddie that's, that's like shadowing the entire season or the half a season with control no, we haven't got that yet and I'm sure we will get that later in the season but I like the fact that they're, they're seeding little things you can tell that they're seeding uh, upcoming stories and these stories aren't ones that are taking over and there's not a threat of like a galaxy destroying or federation destroying or war with whatever There's, there's the threat is uh, still yet to be discovered and I think that's nice it makes us feel as though we're going forward rather than sort of like always having to look up at these massive story arcs above true Linz what do you think yeah I think I think it's going to be the first episode whereby like who is behind the burn really felt like they were plugging that like there were several points whereby there was a discussion of oh well there's several theories and oh we don't have any evidence to back them up but oh we also got the distinct impression that the emerald chain so the uh the orion and dorian syndicate or um collaboration for lack of a better word which we've kind of come across before but like they were definitely being painted as a threat in this episode um and i think like, I think that's going to be quite interesting and again they've planted a couple of things because like obviously there's something going on with Giorgio at the end of the episode yeah and you're sitting there going, oh, right, okay, so is this like a threat from within the Federation? Is this a threat from outside? 
is this a third party threat that has come and destroyed everything um, and for me I'm still enjoying that because there is not an obvious well it's going to end up being Michael's mother uh, yet hopefully not um, because and like there's so much to discuss because there are so so many opportunities and so many possibilities because obviously there's been a lot of chat about the fact that there's references to uh, Delta Quadrant and Gamma Quadrant species and with the spore drive we don't as far as we're aware there's not really a limit on how far they can travel so we don't actually know where this federation base is yeah yeah, there's there's so many possibilities out there and that i think is really really interesting lindsay i should have kicked off for this voyager yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, how how excited did you squeal um, did you scream a little bit i did get a little bit um because it's it's lovely to see voyager it's lovely to see an intrepid class ship because she's still an intrepid um my uh, my comment to, to John might have been that the, uh, the Voyager Intrepid class obviously lasts better than the Enterprise um, because they're only on the 11th generation after however many thousand years. Um, so yeah, no, it was lovely. And there were there were lots of lovely little nods in there. So the, the USS Nog was also a, a really beautiful little moment. Yeah. Andrew, yeah. What are you going to say? I was going to mention that because I think I was that like, oh, there's Voyager. I got a bit distracted and I missed the USS Nog um, the first time I watched it. Um, but I, th- I think so. I think genuinely that was a fan suggestion that something like that sh- should be in there. And I think it, it's quite a nice touch that they did put that in there. Um, and I did get a bit soppy and sentimental. Um, so, yeah. It's uh, the, the Eisenberg class as well, so it's uh, the class is named after the actor. That oh, that's Nog. So I mean, it's like definitely a a nice touchy little thing. They didn't need to do it, but they did it. So yeah. good on them. That was definitely beautiful. I was going to say because we're obviously also used to see like you know your deep space nine kind of space stations, these quite big physical building kind of objects in space. When they go into what you know I'm perceiving to be some sort of starbase, it just it just looks class. They're going in, it's hidden. And that's the thing about this whole new worlds or universe is everyone's insular. Everyone's wary because of what's going on over the last hundred or whatever years since the burn and all that. It's just, I like that idea. I like the fact they're standoffish and, um, you know, they're, they're coming welcoming. Hello, we're all here, you know, Discovery crew. And the Federation of Staff are like, well, fucking hell, uh, where have you been for it? You know, like, I, I, like, I like this sort of... Um, just alter, little altercations, little denials of trust and stuff like that. Um, and I just loved, I just love looking at the visual, the rainforest and all that, well, by the flowers and all that sort of stuff. Linz? Yeah, no, I totally love that too. Um, and what I really love is the excitement amongst the crew that we see for things that they weren't expecting. So, you know, Owo said, um, in relation to like the Voyager J, Jay, they're like, oh, like, I'd love to hear those stories because, like, mm. obviously they don't know Voyager at all. Um, and, like, like I think I sometimes forget that, that, like, Discovery is a science vessel. It was always a science vessel. Now, it was a science vessel at war, but the likelihood of it being filled full of science geeky nerds is still quite high, I think. Um, so, like, their level of enthusiasm, for example, space rain war, like, it, like I just love that. And I love their kind of yeah, the general enthusiasm and the science love about seeing new things and remarkable things. Oh, definitely, and it, and it just like I say, it just looks it just looks absolutely stunning. Um, I, I, I just again, Saru, what a, what a guy! 
What a guy. The only criticism of this week, he had plenty of chances to hoof people. You know, on that on, when they're doing that, <laughs> you know, when they're doing that little walk on the floor that keeps appearing and growing, which looked amazing. I just thought, just fucking hoof someone off it. It'd be funny as fuck. But obviously, he's not there to the hoof. I really hope he hoofs someone this this series. If he does, I'm gonna have a little hoof theme, the Saru. Um, Hoofing uh, but, the chest, the chest. Yeah, but burn him, burn him, burn him, burn, burn him. him. She's a bit of a bloody nightmare this week, I think. She's I like just, it. I like it. I she's, like the she's conflict. Too, too, too quick to go off the mark. She's like, but yeah, Saru, she needs Saru to rein her in. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, bollocks her. It's good. Great, Andrea. I was just going to say, I think I've kind of picked at this thread before, and I think it's becoming more apparent that they're making Michael Burnham into the most Kirk-like character since Kirk. Um, you know, she was mouthing off at an admiral, and I've literally written down that Saru was there to rein her in. Um, and you can imagine she would be a complete loose cannon in that captain's chair, so I don't know if that's an intentional thing. Um, good. The, the other commentary in the house was, bloody hell, they've glammed her up this season, um, <laughs> which I, I think I don't, again, I don't know if that's been a conscious decision, because I, I kind of feel for Sneak with Martin Green in the sense that she's played a lot of roles where she's got to look rough, um, and if I was her, I would be like, can I look nice, please? Um, <laughs> you know, you think she's spent the walking dead just, like, looking like as if she'd been, like, battled quite a lot, so... Um, but, yeah, that, that's sort of... I think they have shifted her character, and I definitely think the closest parallel is Kirk at the moment. Yeah, no, I For get, me, I get, the real... Sorry, for me, the real... Um, standout in this episode though was how calm she was in command like she had nothing to prove to anyone when she was actually in charge of that mission she was just like on the bridge doing the thing asking people to do stuff it wasn't like super crazy high stakes she wasn't up to 99 she wasn't like actually being like subterfuge and like she she was just doing it and she was doing it well and i really appreciated that moment I was gonna say, Saru, it's like getting a bollocking off your dad, off like off my dad when I was younger. He, 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 I mean, he could get angry, he could shout, but the worst one was he just talks to you in this low voice, and it's like he's disappointed. And I'll see you at five o'clock, and he, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the way Saru goes about stuff. He doesn't get angry, but what? he just makes total sense. What? What's gonna happen at five o'clock, like? Well, no, like on your way to school and that, he drive past and go, Robert, like, Robert, Robert. <laughs> I'll see you at five o'clock tonight about that feeling thing you were doing. I'm really shooting myself all day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, um, we're passing the uh, planet Vincent Basement, Basement 1. Um, Never going to say it right first time, Abel. <laughs> Ever. No, God. <laughs> yeah, planet Vincent Basement 1. I've got, my, I've got my words there in front of me. Uh, to get some vinisms off Andrea. Uh, Clangers, beam is down. <laughs> Welcome to the planet Vincent Basement One. Here we are oh. in this dank old basement. But Sucky's not with us this week, so he'll be he'll, he'll be all right. He doesn't really like it down here. He feels the cold because he's old. Uh, Andrea, give us some vinisms. Right, I've got questions about a spaceship full of plants that is just like drifting around. Like, what's been powering that? Because in my theory is it's hooked up to the neighbour's electric, it's hiding in some like dodgy nebula thing, right? You're not telling them. I was expecting like a police interceptor's raid on it. Like, it's hooked up to the heat lamps, like they're growing like 
they've grown dodgy plants in it. Um, I'm, I'm slightly concerned about what was happening. On that. I was expecting like the space police to turn up and um, do a raid because I, I think they're growing something slightly dodgy. In there. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've seen all those cop shows. I know what's going on. Um, so what else have we got? Um, it's interesting that people just fuck off where they like in Star Trek. It's like, as an employer, like, I, I do kind of anticipate <laughs> some kind of notice or something. Um, and, like, they took the whole ship and just fucked off to the future. Like, they didn't really, like, seem to give any notice or anything. And, like, Nan's just like, yeah, I'm sick. I'm just going to stay here on the, the, the floating weed ship. Um, and everyone's just like, yeah, that's fine. Um, so I, th- I think it's interesting that, like, Obviously, employment law is quite lax, um, which, you know, I'm up to a Bob doesn't allow the clangers to um, to be exposed to. Otherwise, I think there'd be a mutiny. Oh, um, Greyhead Admiral Guy um, gets the basement seal of, of approval. Um, he was interesting. He was in The Mummy, um, and I yes. did Google some pictures and um, computers. In, yes. In The Mummy. Nice. Um, <laughs> can, we, can we have a conversation about the fact that I was absolutely convinced the first time he introduced himself that his name was Charles Dance? Really? That thing we're doing? Wait, was he, it turns was out his he, name. What was it? Was it was name? Charles Vance. Vance. So was it, Andrew, just to confirm, was he in The Mummy? <sighs> well, I'm not a mummy, so I, I, I can't comment. <laughs> um... <laughs> The other issue is, right, does Blinken work on shithouses as well as holograms? Because I have a <laughs> long list off, of I can't see you. I would merrily blink yeah. into fucking oblivion, so I, I think I might test that out at work tomorrow. Um, and I think we, on, on the final note, before you all leave, um, I liked how the Federation headquarters was just behind some giant flaps. That is all. <laughs> Brilliant. That image is going to stay with you all forever. Thank you very much, Vin. Um, anyway, let's be back. Clangers! What do you mean? Fucking pink, pink little prick! Back on the ship. Here we are. Lovely. Um, oh, it's always a bit cold down there, but I, I, some, I like some about a basement I quite like. Uh, right, let's get back on with this review. John. Yeah, there's lots to unpick with this episode. Uh, the debrief, uh, the, the that medical hologram. Right, Giorgio blinking at them. A, it's like 930 years in the future, so how would she... If she had that knowledge at that point, at some point, even fucking devs that I know would manage to get that bug sorted by the 32nd century or whatever. So... Yeah, I'm not sure why that was a thing. She did look like she was having some sort of stroke, so it wasn't wasn't you know not the best thing I've ever seen on TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I like I like the uniforms. I like the the, the Starfleet uh, Federation uniforms of the future. Uh, Lindsay, what do you think? Strong disagree. They are awful. <laughs> yeah, they are awful. I was just trying to engender some discussion. <laughs> It's like it's like it's, uh, we tend to have like jumpsuit type things in the past. Well, these look like really bad model agency b- b- pictures of like what they imagine a future suit looks like, and it just looks like bureaucracy it's shit. Like it looks like sci-fi. It's yeah, it looks like it looks like um, a I think, no, I think we've got this kind of like Chairman Mao grey thing going on, but just with funky stripes. 
<laughs> it's like they're, they're quite communist in kind of style. Then so not... while we're picking up 32nd century Starfleet stuff, who has their med bay like open to the elements in their entrance hall? Like, what is that? Like, what kind of logic is that? You walk in yeah, the front door some and there's the med somewhere. bay. It's all sorts of shit going on. They had, some, they had like, loads of cool stuff going on. Was, that, thought, not, was that not the overflow? Because they were right triage into yeah. the corridors. So oh, possibly. Possibly. I just felt that there was quite a lot of like medical equipment floating around, so I assumed that was, was in fact, actually the bay. But good point. I, I may stand corrected on that one. Well, again, I kind of did, like, the sort of, well, the three really main plot bits. It was obviously Discovery getting to discover um, the new Starfleet and Federation and trying to prove themselves to them. Uh, and equally, like, this, this this race, you know, they had to go back and find the cure, then that lent on to Nan, well, you know, finding her, her sort of race, which she's not seen. I so thought long. that was the weakest part of the uh, episode was the seed ship stuff. Um, I really enjoyed the stuff that involved the actual Federation and Starfleet and Vance. Yeah. Because that was what we've been waiting for, haven't we? Haven't we? So... Uh, but the the seed ship stuff was a little bit. I mean, the whole idea. I mean, the whole idea of a seed ship uh, is lasting a thousand years and not having. It just it all seemed a little bit convenient that Burnham would know about it. Like she's got the bloody. She's Mary sued the fuck out of that situation and she's got an answer. And I didn't like it. Thanks. So like I think like so there is a seed vault now and as a concept i don't think it's a bad one like this idea that like the federation would have some kind of vault but yeah how come she knows about it what's that about i also have a query on like timelines so they arrive and they're being told there's four hours to save the killer here of the species um like and also very confusing because tilly killy captain killy killy the species anyway never mind um so they managed to Well, the species are called Killy, which, which just confuses me because we had Captain Killy. Oh, well, they had no other I did just sorry, Liz, just, to, just to interrupt. I love the line from Tilly when she was talking uh, to the interviewer hologram or whatever. Yeah. And she, and she was Terror like saying, Dominatrix. Yeah, I was like, fucking brilliant. She was fucking ace. Well, well, I'm sure we'll get to the because they may have been my favourite thing about the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so like they have this four hour timeline. It takes them less than an hour to debrief the entire uh, crew. So they have the discussion with Michael and Saru. They then interview the other members of the crew, and they then have three hours to get on and say like the like, it's it's just it's it's not the end of the world, but it's a it's a plot hole. Um, but yeah, the the space sea ship thing for me like it was a kind of shock horror. Stuff. Thing, somebody was being beamed in when something happened, which is a standard Starfleet thing. But then at the end, when you're like, Nan staying, but Nan isn't a scientist; she's a security officer, and she's like, "Oh, I'll take it back to the Barzan." How is she going to get it back? Because she has no warp drive. Because that's a, like that just felt a bit odd. Can I just say something about Barzan women? And this is not. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to wow. say this. As you've not, you've not, if you're not trying to, you phrase that start you very know. badly. So I mean, particularly now, like I'm not being funny, but I remember it '90s and lasses when they did the makeup. It were like, just that's what her, her alien. It's she's alien, so I'm not knocking her. She's a beautiful woman in real life, but why did it make like do her up like a '90s? You know what I mean? All that foundation and all that, like, well, proper proper warrior 
makeup and that like she just looks full on honestly like i could get like a chisel on her face and get rid of all that sort of you know but that's what you know she looks a bit it's a bit of a strange alien for me that one you run a season and a half to get worked up to that idea i suppose <laughs> i don't know i just sort of thinking um, which you should never do. Kind of like oxymoron in she's a strange alien. Like I'm not really expecting aliens to all like look exactly like me and have like not nineties makeup. No, but I think she's fitting well in nineties is what I'm saying. So if you fancy to change, you can go back there. Uh, just needs to tie her hair up and put the what they do with fringes and all that with hairspray. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Andrea Observational comedy at its best. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember, John? We remember, Bob. Uh, Andrea. So I, I think that the, the David Cronenberg appearance um, was a lot more low-key than it could have been. Um, that could have uh, been a lot darker, I think, that scene. But he did have that kind of creepy fascination, which I quite liked. Um, I've written down I could see James Woods in that role, except he's cancelled. Um I don't know if I just made a leap from Videodrome there or what. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see what he's done to Giorgio, but also that reference to the, the Murray universe is moving further away. And obviously, as soon as anyone mentions the Murray universe, like me, Spidey senses go up. Um, and, you know, you wonder what's happened to poor old Prime Lorca because he's probably there. Um, we all know where I, Prime Lorca is, Andrea. It, well, shh. <laughs> um, but I think, like... I think that's interesting because I've been watching quite a lot of Deep Space Nine who probably did the most with the Murray universe um, in terms of sort of time they gave to it. But I'm sure that is hinting at something, some kind of plot point. Um, I don't know where that's going yet, but it, it felt like the, that is, is going to come up again, I think. I also get the suspicion that David Cronenberg might be involved in some Section 31 spin-off if they do do it in the future. Uh, it might be quite interesting the kind of making the Giorgio and Cronenberg sort of airing uh, a thing. I think uh, it'd be interesting, like because he's he's got a a very expressive face. Definitely got an expressive face. This is what you're reckoning. Yeah, no, I I really liked him too. I think there's also some chat about Section Thirty One being set sort of between Enterprise and Discovery slash uh, the original series because there's like a little hole going on there currently. Um, which I wouldn't hate either, but we'll see. But yeah, I think it, 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 there's definitely something going on. So whether it's, you know, 30, it's 32nd century, section 31, we shall just have to wait and see. Um, I thought the AIs were quite interesting. The AIs, like the, the medical holograms in particular, the medical AI killer seem to have hung on to the doctor's bedside man manner, like the the original EMH's bedside manner. As or or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, I did like the fact that the AI was called Eli, though, that amused me. I did not love all the weird hollow voices, though. Like, I think they were just, like, trying to make it really obvious that these were hollow people, or, like, AI yeah. people. Um, and it was, I was kind of like, Ugh, this is unnecessary, because surely you'll load like the MH had a normal voice, you can do normal voices. This is just weird. I think, yeah, like you say, it's making a point, especially that one that was sort of sniffing around uh, Burnham when they were talking to uh, uh, the guy that was in the in the mummy. Um, yeah, no, no, that's cool. Uh, John, have you got any more thoughties? Well, you know, it's just the, the the two things we come away with from this are uh, that viral earworm of Adira's fucking cello playing whatever she did. <laughs> Uh, and oh, the also, cello, yes, the cello, John. And also, the cello what, is back. And also, what's with um, Giorgio in her 
trance-like state where the, it did seem like she was either communicate, communicating with something or was monitoring something or looking something through maybe those eyes uh, she might have implants or whatever and also that the um uh the look on her face when she comes out of that and she, there's a look of concern and and worry on her, on her face so that's definitely planting something so that's all good the the ships that we do see some cool ships i yes. like the rainforest ship um the weed farm and it's think, rainforest. It's, uh, it's yeah it's a very cool concept it's like and I don't know whether that was what they meant when they were talking about the hologrammatic ships, because mm. Tilly mentioned there was ones that made out of hologram orchids or whatever. But that seed ship looked like it was one of them, like like a ring at the centre with force fields outside it, covering the actual rainforest, which I thought was quite cool. Mm. Whether that um, goes anywhere, I don't know. And organic it bit, ships... It was a little bit silent running, that, I thought. Well, yeah, perhaps. Um uh, and also organic ships, so I'll be interested to see how they are. I, exp- I imagine it as a space whale with turrets, <laughs> like sort of floating I was going to say a space whale with a bowl of, ch- a bowl of petunias or something like that. Yeah, That'd be right. interesting. That's, yeah. Hitchhikers. Well, Voyager had bio and circuitry back in the day, so let's see. I wonder how, how organic it now is. The Intrepid could be mostly not metal. I don't know. I, l- I love an organic ship. I love an organic ship. I like, I like corridors that are dank and dripping. And that, only, <laughs> that only ever happens on the, on, the, on on ships that are actually living beings. No, yeah. I'm going to make a reference to another podcast here and talk about wet tubes. Like, wet tubes are just gross and unnecessary. I think and, very, yeah. Right towards wet oh, tubes. Well, wet, wet tubes are quite... If you really need them, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're... Uh, pr- well, I know, it's just unfortunate. The unfortunate thing is your reaction to the the imagery of it and what that means about why you're going there. That's I mean that's I'm just putting it out there. Oh, I feel like this entire section is being just sent uh, test me. To be quite truthful, I'm like. <laughs> yeah, Andrea's looking lively. Come on, let it out. No, I'm, I'm being very, very good. Um, do you know what I've got this week is a lot of references to other things and whether or not that's just like leaps I've made in my head. Um, it probably is. Um, I've got, I, was, I mentioned Doctor Who references. Um, so the guy being out of phase made me think of Mummy on the Orient Express, which is one of my favourite episodes of oh. Doctor Who ever. Um, and I have sort of, a, I think I see references to that where they do not exist. Um, so that's probably just me. Is there not a next gen episode that also references that sort of thing with yeah. um, um, Blind Guy and uh, and the lady he was stalking? All right, Bob. The, All right, Bob. Great. How are you doing? No names. <clears throat> it's a sci fi thing, isn't oh, it? It's not. What's uh, her face? Leah Brahms, I want to say. Go. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I just couldn't remember the other guy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, while we're having a think, um, so listeners, new and old, uh, you, well, some of you know, some of you don't, we, what we try and do is to give you some tips um, on things, you know, for, for beginners, if you want to get into stuff. Uh, and this time we're going to come to our Andrea, who's a fucking phenomenal artist. Um, where what, where can you find your wares, Andrea, just to tell um, everyone? I peddle my wares anywhere they can be peddled. Um, <laughs> I, I post quite a lot of my art on, on Twitter. Um, I've got a, a post on Instagram as well. I occasionally drop things into sort of 
relevant groups on on Facebook. Though I, I'm not as active on Facebook as a, as I have been in the past. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely kicking around there. If you oh. can look me up, you'll you'll find things. Well, we're going to do better than look you up. We're going to beam down to the art shop uh, for you to give us some pencil tips. Wow. I love I love the sound of pencil on paper. You know what I mean? They're therapeutic. So Andrea, uh, you know, we've got these pe- these people that have never maybe never even picked up a pencil before because it's all the internet now and keys, isn't it? <laughs> art. How would you how would you sort of say it to someone? Art. So I'm going to say art. What, wanted... what is it? <laughs> what is it? What's all that about? Dribbler. Who's the man who's sitting in front of a uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, so draw. So if someone wants to get into drawing, Andrew, what would you recommend? So basically, if like the spa- yeah, they sort of do spider drawings and that, or whatever, they're not very good, just lines and that. What would you? How would you say? What, would you, what products? What What would you give them? What to start off with? Um, I think in terms of, of top tips, um, the first thing I would say is anyone can draw. Um, I have the same argument about maths at work uh, oh, I can't do maths it's like it's a skill and you can learn it um, so which kind of I think you've got to start off with that mindset because if you think I can't draw then you can't yeah, um, yeah. practice time and patience and um, there are these annoying irritating people who can just pick up a pencil and draw anything they can pick up any art supply and just make it work and um, I'm not one of those people um, I've put a lot of time in, um, whether it's sort of YouTube tutorials um, or sort of step-by-step guides, which I recommend, see how other people do it. Um, Take part in challenges. I've just done Inktober. Um, I do a lot of portrait art, so I did something called the um, 100 Head Challenge, um, which you meant to do do in 10 days. Um, I couldn't do it in 10 days. I I, I sort of spread it out. Um, But there's 100 references on Pinterest, um, and you just work through them and you draw them. Um, have a sketchbook and fill it um, stick stuff in it do patterns um, test things out um, I think we live in this Instagram age where people think I've got everything I draw has got to be posted and shared and I'm drawing for an audience um, I think you need to start off drawing for yourself um, okay. and almost treat that sketchbook like a scrapbook where you put crap in it that you think oh, I like that bit of wrapping paper or whatever I might use that later um, and, and just kind of enjoy that experience yeah. um, measure your progress against yourself um, it is a pointless fruitless and depressing exercise to compare your art to somebody else's um, you can only go off your own progress is this better than what I did last time um, and the last thing although I'm not saying compare yourself engage with other people who, who work you like um, I've met loads of really fantastic people um, who are great artists who are very positive very encouraging um, I can recommend some really good Star Trek artists um, and I'm happy to kind of drop that in the in the in the, the Facebook post or the sort of Twitter link if anyone wants to look those guys up um, who a huge sort of supporters and people who sort of encourage me to kind of keep going um your mates do that as well but i think the start off drawing for yourself um and draw something you like um i got back into drawing by saying there should be a hello kitty version of lucy's malfoy and that was the first thing i drew <laughs> for about 
thick end of 20 years and the, the, the Hello Kitties kind of took off. I, I did quite a lot sort of as charity requests um, and that kind of got us back into into drawing really for something I hadn't done for a really, really long time. And it was so progress. And I look at some of the first kind of semi-realistic things I did at the start of that journey and I think, God, that's crap. But I thought it was quite good at the time. Um, so it, it's about your own progress. Um, and it doesn't you don't have to do realistic portraits like just get a coloring book and i think, I think <laughs> just enjoy yourself like it, it's not it, it shouldn't be a competition i think i don't, I don't know if the same thing applies towards drawings andrea but like so i've got a back catalog of x amount of songs over the years uh, and when i'm working on stuff i'm very critical of it but when i go back and listen to it or look at it or whatever i'm very like oh that was cool that and have some nice memory of it is that something that you find with your art yeah sometimes um sometimes you kind of you look and think god if i did that again now i would do it like in a slightly different way um, and i'm probably my own worst critic which i think is okay as long as it doesn't kind of you don't criticize yourself to the point where you don't want to do it anymore yeah. um but um, yeah, I look back at stuff and think actually it's not as bad as I thought, yeah. or, um, or at least if you can kind of see where that went wrong, um, that's quite a good thing. But um, I am I'm, I'm doing a I can't do a whole thing live, but I have tried to do a little bit of a live draw this week, so I am I'm ticking away at a, a portrait of um, of Captain Pike. Um, oh, who I have to say, all the people I've ever drawn it probably has the most like immaculate and symmetrical features um which sounds really good but actually as an artist it's quite hard to draw someone like that and make them look like them because they haven't got like usually distinctive features um he's a beautiful so, man though he's a yeah, beautiful yeah yeah you've man. got to kind of go for the, the whole he's got great hair though I, i've had a lovely time doing this <laughs> um so hopefully i'll, I'll uh I'll keep ticking on with this, and I will yeah. get it posted. Well, there you go. Here's a, a, a secret for you. I've, not, I've just remembered this. I have sold a piece of artwork of my own on the, the internet. Did everyone? No one's. No one knew that, did they? Uh, yeah. So I, I I made this character. John's got his head in his hands for, for the not YouTubers. <laughs> it was called. So it's I did a bollock elbows. Isn't yeah, it? but right. <laughs> yeah, bollock hell. elbows. So I drew this character called bollock elbows, which had like bollocks on its elbows, and then. Um, dicks on its tits uh, and then a uh, nipple where its cock should have been coat hangers on its ears and like a big uh, bird's nest on its head and kangaroos for feet and I sold it on the internet I saw a Pat Butcher with three tits someone in a Pat you know Pat Butcher with three tits on the internet 90 quid that went for I put it on guess how much I made uh, 50 pence £6.93 Fucking with free man. delivery yeah Check that out. So that way, so I'm a selling artist. I, I feel like I should start selling things. You fucking should, because you're awesome. You should definitely do that. Anyway. Unfortunately, the licensing people will come and get you if you draw anything with um, with CBS properties on it. Oh, the tight gets. Anyway, clangers. Name is off. Catch nacelles. That was a thing. There was a nice, there was a nice couple of nice moments in this episode where... The Star Trek theme, the you know the old original Star Trek theme was um, sort of layered over the opening credits and things. Um, I liked how uh, the Federation were a little bit dodgy, a little bit uh, don't trust you, and that's that was quite right. Yeah, I think um, 
Kaminara's joined the Federation, apparently, which was big news to somebody. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Burnham wanting to see if we can get hold of the records and try and do the thing. She was straight into, like, being a bloody mutineer mode again. That annoyed me. Yeah. Um, uh, and, like, like things like the Cronenberg stuff with Giorgio, that was, that was fun to watch because that was something different. And I think that that character, and I don't know what his name is, Kovich or something, uh, that character played by David Cronenberg has definitely got Giorgio's number. He knows what she's on about. And it was interesting stuff about the Mirror and mirror Universe and kind of how that's been perceived over the years. And I think that that's definitely something for the future. Yeah, definitely. I really enjoyed the opening of it with the captain's log I think maybe it's just like the old school trekking and me that I just I love a good captain's log this was a good captain's log I enjoyed it um, and I love the fact that Suri touched on that Federation and Starfleet duality um, that we've spoken about before about what is Starfleet and what is the Federation and actually at the moment the, the kind of open acknowledgement that these two things are kind of coexisting together yeah the commander in the chief that they're in. the commander in chief and he's, is he a rank of admiral as well that's kind of he's, he's he's covering both roles, is that guy? Yeah, they talk. He he also speaks about the fact that like everything they've got is there. Like that's it. Like that is the bureaucracy. It is Starfleet. It is everything. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I I also really enjoyed the the kind of book ending of the episode with um with Saru and Burnham like having that captain and number one kind of chat. And I like the fact that we get that kind of they have a conversation at the, the start, they have a conversation at the end. I really enjoyed Saru pulling Burnham up where she needs to be. Like, um, when she when she um, talks about getting her hands on stuff, she's like, he's like, no, we're going to ask for it. Yeah, when you and love that line. we're going to do the right get thing. Get our hands on it. I'm like, because obviously she's got so much respect and kind of apology, you know, for Saru for everything she did in the meeting and things like that. And obviously Saru is just amazing. Um, he has his moments, um, but, yeah, uh, but no, I mean, like, as in his heart, he's such a—he he had no choice of being a nice person, but he is just a genuinely nice person, um, uh, and he's doing see, his best. When you see these situations, like uh, where people don't communicate, what you really, really want people to say is the sort of stuff that Saru is saying. Yeah, he's but very stop, good at just actually saying it. Yeah, just stop being a dick, Burnham, and ask for it, and like trust them. Uh, a little bit, yeah. or you're not going to get trust in return. That's a, ni- a nice yeah. thing to say. Him being really brittle about it, the way that you're behaving is reflecting on me. Like, you know, like, it's, like, it's we're, not we're just in on him. He, they're reflecting on Starfleet, as in the, from the past and all that. Well, yeah, but 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 he's very frank with her about the fact that that her kind but of she, she determination and her insistence but, on asking those questions is a problem. I love her respect for the, this, though, and the fact she's come clean and said, I'm oh, learning again and all that. And I think... And I think uh, it's, sorry. No, no, sorry, no, excuse me. And that's what, that's what I enjoy about that relationship at the moment, is that Saru is strong enough to push back in a really effective fashion and that they're kind of working well together, so that was great. Um, Tilly did the Picard manoeuvre. I don't know when anybody else spotted this, but I really enjoyed it. So uh, just as they're coming in, she does like a little yoink of her top, which really amused me. Um, I'm sure this has always been the case, and I'm sure I've probably noticed it before. But the shuttle bay doesn't have any like physical door on it, either. Yeah, that, or they just that's been seen before, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's just a shield. Yeah. Or am is I thinking it? of Star Wars? I don't know. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely been like that on previous ships as well. Okay. They don't, have, they don't have doors. 
Yeah. That feels like a bit of a risk because their shields get smashed out quite regularly. Crossfields, though, isn't it? They're all the things that are working at the end. Sorry, go on, Linz. No, no, you're fine. Um, I really love the fact that they were sharing the con responsibilities around. Like, there were various different people on the bridge who Whoa. got handed the con yeah. um, when various other people left. And I think that's really healthy. And again, it's a sign of that kind well, of. Well, it's of like, it, well, for me, I thought like, anyone could have a fucking go. I might give Clangers a go in a bit on my bridge. I, w- I wouldn't <laughs> give Detmer a go. She's still having issues. I tell you what, I, t- this is, I don't care what I'm going to say now. I'm just going to say it. Because I forgot to say it last week. Detmer. What a beautiful bottom. I noticed that last week. What a great bottom she has. I'm, I'm really turning. Deppner is, yeah, nice. I remember her name now and everything. She's cool. What about Wabs, Bob? Uh, I didn't see any at Wabs like. But no, I just thought, what's a lovely bottom when she walked in that room with Colbert? And he won't appreciate it, obviously. Actually, well, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Actually, that's not... talk about it. That is that one scene where Colbert comes in and, and oh, does his stance. Who needs what? Yeah. Excellent line. Excellent entry. Comes in, stands there. Uh, it's like, it, it, reminded, it reminded me of the actors in Blackadder because he's like standing with your feet apart, your chest thrust out. <laughs> I know, it, it was a bit OTT, but I kind of loved it. It was just excellent. Oh. I think it was another really strong episode for Culver. Um, I do yeah. think he needs mm. to stop empowering Burnham and sometimes just fix the problem. No, but no he's because literally... he's, he's fixing her problem by empowering her again. I'll tell you one thing I did love, and I don't know how anyone else saw this, is when uh, Burnham is always taking a bridge, they're going out on the mission, and she just goes, black alert. And it's kind of like, just as in saying something like a, she said it like a mic drop didn't she yeah black it's alert. like you Fuck might want to yeah. hang on yeah, yeah. like it, it was very much kind of like you might want to hang on because yeah. here we can go like but, it was that was just that was just sort of like i just thought like it's black live matters kind of thing just like black alert here we come I, oh, no. was... I didn't get that at all no that's no but that's where i got it and like like we were saying last week uh, me and John or whatever that we you know when we're in fiction we don't really associate with things like that but when she did that and that smile on her face and it was just like yeah come on this is gonna be fucking ace um, I don't well, know I'm just... not sure if we're, we're protesting the fact that the police are she wasn't saying black alert because black lives matter she was saying black alert because that's what you do before you turn the sport drive off yeah, come on Bob I'm not saying black lives matter but I'm saying a bit like come on Okay. That's the way I, I say. Is that not a bad way to see something? Is it? Surely, no. God, no. you can't do it's right not. from bloody doing wrong. You're it's fine. not. You're it's fine. not. You're not. It's not that, Bob. It's just that like we don't think that, and you do. We're not saying that you shouldn't think that. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know anymore. You got. You can look up at you know. And I get that, because if your ship does that, then you would but be shown it, off, because nobody but, else can move but, at any speed at all, and you're but like, because it, just... But because of the thousand-year difference, it does feel a little bit like a little kid showing off to, like, the adults, and, like, the adults are going, yeah, well done, you know. But you know Is what? That... If a, a group of Egyptians came and built a pyramid in front of us, I think we'd still be pretty impressed. Yeah. Is it, it not a bit of a point, though, that it's a thousand-years old technology? Like, and I know they've had a bit of a setback and stuff, but, like, really, you'd be a bit like, 
yeah, that's like scrap or like it should be in like whatever the space equivalent of Beamish like, museum is. Like, but they're like, wow. It does seem like a leap that nobody's like even yes. that. Yeah, has, there, has there been other any other my has there been no other mycologists in the in the intervening nine hundred and thirty years? No, but they took all the knowledge, everything. That was the point as well. They no, took I know, all but all that, work, you know, but it can be rediscovered again. It's not it's oh, not yeah, like yeah. taken away from the world. Well, I wonder if that's where section thirty two or, or section thirty one come in. Um, thirty two. I know, I know. I don't, I don't know. They're, They're really dark. They're really dark. Thirty one. <laughs> They're the wet works operation. Uh, um, the finger rats. So yeah. Wet tubes and everything. Did you just say something about fingering rat? No, of course I didn't. Go on, Lindsay. <laughs> Clearly, I'm having all the three hallucinations again. Um, yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, maybe Section 31 have been suppressing information about A, the burn, or B, methods of transport, because um, oh. that feels like quite a Section 31 thing to be doing. We don't yeah, like I them. Don't, I don't, don't, don't know. It just seems like a plot hole, to be fair. Well, that's hey. it. You know what we haven't touched on, though? What's that? Oh, do, do we need to do a thing first? Well, let's have a, yeah, let's have a little quiz thing going on. I think. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to put in a new little quiz. It's a new one, new one, guys. No shit involved. Has it got either. shit in it? No, no, no shit involved. Then I'm not fucking doing it. At the track out, at the track out, yeah. At the track out, at the track out, yeah. Money, 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 money. At the trek out, it's called. I'm going to give you three items from yeah. one website, yeah, of Star Trek merchandise. What you guys have to do is put in order of low to high in value. You ready? So I'm going to give you three items, okay, from the same website, same website. So I've got, first of all, Star Trek Shuttle Set 2. Okay. I have... Sorry, the... can I check? Are these models? How about... The models. models. Just, just the let models. him say. Just let him say them. Just let him say it, Lindsay. Star Trek Shuttle Set Two. Okay. Okay. USS Discovery XL Starship. So we got again. Just repeat. Star Trek Shuttle Set Two, and then the USS Discovery XL Starship. Right. And then a Borg Cube. These are all models from the same website. So, what do you think, Borg Cube? USS Discovery XL Starship or the shuttle, the Star Trek shuttle set two. So when when Bob Mortimer does this on on their <laughs> comments, uh, he does tend to have some people have an idea of what they're actually getting and looking at because I have no concept of what any of these models comprise or look like. Well, you should do. Look, the only one that has like any indication of size is the Discovery XL Starship. Mm. XL might mean extra Libra. <laughs> are, these like, are these like eagle moss things that we? I can't. I'm not going to name them. Are they, are they much, much toy size? I mean, how big are we talking? Well, the models. Yeah, but models encompasses a vast amount of scale difference. Right. Okay, I'll give you a clue. Andrea mm. was right. That is a website I'm looking on right now. But you can't giggle shit because you've got now. We've got ten seconds because I'll give you a clue. Andrea's got an idea. Right. I'm going to say that. The Discovery is probably the highest volume one. So even though it's the biggest, it's probably the cheapest because it's the most mass market item in the list. Mm -hmm. um, shuttle set sounds kind of obscure. So I'm going to say that's the most expensive. Right, okay. I'm going to go for the Borg Cube because I think the Borg are always expensive. 
too expensive for the likes of you. Okay, well it's a group it's a group activity, so what we're gonna what we're gonna give me a confirm me a list between the three of you. Stop looking at Giggle John, you little fuck. I'm not, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well we've got two different votes, John, you have the casting vote. Or we well, could have a three way tie. Uh, I don't want a three-way. I think we'll go for uh, we'll go for uh, Andrea because I think that makes at least we've applied some logic at this just, point. Just so, like, what do you think is the cheapest? We'll go cheap. Bulk, bulk no, the discovery thing. All right, and then. Well, you've got the highest and the cheapest, so therefore in the middle is the third option. Well, no, tell me, do your list. Come on, help help me out here, guys. I can't remember them, so frankly, okay. So I think we've got Star Trek Shuttle Set Two, followed by the Borg Cube, followed by Discovery. Is that is that in highest to low or low to high? Yes, high to low. High to low. Oh, Lindsay, John, you with your little interjection there, you would have been right. The highest is uh, Star Trek Shuttle Set 2 at £75. Yeah, that's what we just said. Yeah, you ready? Second mm-hmm. is the USS Discovery XL Starship at £49.99. The Borg Cube is only £14.99. <laughs> Clearly, these are not comparable items. <laughs> What's a fucking shit segment which we will never do again? Oh. <laughs> Right, let's, let's get on with this. Is it a worse segment than the species? Of... species? Is it worse than that? No, one? that would have been a good one. That would have been a good one. What I, what I would have worried about if you'd have gone on and done a, a segment that was up, which is the cheapest piece of shit to buy on the, <laughs> whatever a website. I'm assuming there's a, a website for that. There's a website for everything. It was just a like Is there a website for wet tubes? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, black alert! It can only be one thing. Very quick, quick, fire, quick, quick, quick. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to come to you first for your final comments, please. Um, let's see what have I not mentioned. Um, so you know the family who were like kind of frozen on the ship. Does anyone remember a cartoon? I'm sure it was called Ulysses something, and I'm sure there was a frozen family. In Ulysses. That. Ulysses. Yeah. I, I had a little flashback to that, and I was like, oh. I fucking love that. I can't remember it at all. I loved it. <laughs> Um, I think we've mentioned that. Um, I liked that the away team was a bit of mixing it up, um, and it is nice to see Hugh being given stuff to do because I felt like he's had two seasons of either being like there to be murdered or there to be dead. Um, so I'm pleased he's getting to like have some plot and like do some doctor stuff, which I'm sure pleases Lindsay no end. Um, but other than that, I think we've kind of covered all of my my thoughts. Cool. John? There's one uh, part that uh, I thought was a bit weird when uh, that Lieutenant Willer, or Lieutenant Willer was um, monitoring Stamets, Tilly and Tignataro doing their thing and commenting on their dysfunction and, and they said but we are, we're meant to be or whatever where they say they try and justify it but it sounded to me very much like yeah we're crazy we are yeah <laughs> Hey, it, so office, edgy. In, in office, All right, edgelords, settle mental, down. You're already it, fucking uh, star fucking fleet people. You're not good. See, I quite enjoyed that. I so, like, I quite it. enjoyed the back and forth between dysfunction is the team. We've just accepted it. No, we haven't. Yeah, um, that was just like, it just, it just made it seem like 
they were trying to be edgy. This felt like edge lords, and I thought they could. Edge lords. Edge lords. So I enjoy that combination a lot, but I would have liked a little bit more kind of actual sciencing from the science geeks because, like, they basically didn't really science. They basically confirmed that they were looking at a thing and then did the thing. Well, well, Burnham kind of came up with the solution to the thing, so I, I don't know. I was like, man. I did slightly object to science being used as a as, as a verb. <laughs> to science. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go. but they do that. Jeff. Like that's a Star Trek thing. Like they science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that all your bits, John? Or do you want to have an argument with Lindsay? Uh, I don't want to have an argument with Lindsay. That's all my bits. Awesome. Uh, Lindsay, have you finished your bits? Uh, so I've got a couple of little things. I thought it was kind of harsh to use the power of keeping his family alive to bring him back. They couldn't have brought across like some. Little- little portable power pack things because we've seen them do that before um i don't like this whole big thing about for us death is different like i totally get that but they, they didn't really do anything with it like they just had nan saying you have to understand that like for barzan's death isn't what it is for you but she didn't expand on that we weren't given any now, kind of understanding of that now is nan uh, she her act, the actress that plays her she's a headline actress in the show now we, I think we maybe discussed this previously. Mm-hmm. So it seems very odd for her to be suddenly locked off at this point, unless she's going to, you know, in the, in a sort of plant for a later storyline. It just because otherwise, why would you uh, raise her to like be one of the titled uh, cast members, and then just like dump her in episode you know, five? I'm, I'm fucking starving now. I want a uh, lamp and a naan bread. Yeah, Pashwari naan. Oh, Nothing sorry, like got me thinking. Oh, no, I'm serious. I'm just saying what's in my head, Lindsay. It's not even a joke. Bob, seeing what's in your head is not always wise. Employ the filter. <laughs> Employ the filters. Right, where did you come from? All right. Come on. Um, uh, I did, however, love the shot, like the framing of the shot as Nan watches Discovery leave. I thought that was really nice. Um, there were some beautiful shots in this episode. Um, we haven't... Um, the conversation that Saru has with the Admiral and when the Admiral's like there's no five year missions and Saru does what I thought was quite a Picard speech about you know sometimes you just need like you need someone to remind you of what it was and what it is and like we are from the golden age are you though are you I think you might be about 100 years too early but okay um um, and he spoke about Giotto um, and looking up um, and I kind of love that, but there was also a bit of a kind of like hashtag we are special thing going on there. He's like, oh, we're special. You should get us together because like we're special and we're going to make you feel better, um, which I wasn't loving so much. Um, I did quite like the Admiral being like, well, unless you're going to find some new evidence that nobody has found for like 120 years. And Burn up being like, well, of course I will, because uh, we yeah. know that she will because this show works. Of course she will. Um, I t- did also write that the music crews are super extra, but I love them. Um, so yeah, yeah, there were lots of bits I loved in this. Lots of bits I love. Oh, and the interviews in general, I love, I love all of them. Uh, I love the bit where Colbert's like, yeah, but my murder and I are good now, so it's fine. Um, and Reno being like, do you have snacks? I need snacks. Um, and where Stavis is like, have you been talking to Detmer? But yeah, I think it was all good. That's awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Um, anyway, let's have a little bit of a bit of a jaunt into the fun world. So, fact 
fact-trek yourself. It's Andrea's turn this week to fact-trek herself. Um, give us three statements about yourself, and we, as a collective group, have to pick which one is false. So hit us. Right, so at under-13 level in athletics, I competed as a shot putter. At under-15 level, I changed so dramatically that I had to swap to long-distance running. Number two, I was once in the Northeast Children's Choir and sang Children in Need song on BBC One. Number three, I have a convention photo op that I am not allowed to post online anywhere on right. pain of death. Right, so three's true. Yeah, three's, three's true. true. Three is true. Three is but true. What, and I reckon one is a, a what are you a little sly little? It wasn't fifteen. Just to drill you down with this. Yeah. So the first one, you, you were shot putter at thirteen. Were you quite a, a big young person? Um, big throw your arms. Stocky. Stocky. Right, I, I, I think you need to work that out because I did say me that I had by the time I was fifteen that I had sort is of. Is that because you grew big. real tall, so big long legs, so you could run? Um. I had quite a, a transformation between being 13 and being 15. Let's were say. you a, a boy then a girl? Is that what happened at that age? Or did, well, I, that... I stayed a girl, but I was a <laughs> different shaped girl. Oh, right. Okay, I see. And the second one? Um, Children and so. Yeah, so you know when they go around like the different like areas, like they'll cut to like Newcastle or whatever. Um, I was in the I was in the choir and we, we sang the the Children Need song, which I'm not going to torment you by singing. But if you want help, help Children in Need. Oh, it's a tough yeah. one, this. Well, I reckon the first one's uh, despite it being a puberty story, I think it's probably wrong. <laughs> She didn't sing it Newcastle Choir at Children in Need. Well, if you, if you guys, like, I, I, I'm tempted to say the top is, of the Is Children in Need currently a thing on TV? Yes. Yeah. It's been then on that, might be, that, might, what, that might be the, uh, the false Willy and the thingy. Right, we're going to, I think we we'll go with that. We'll go with the Children in Need Choir, Andrea. That's the false one. It is. It is in fact false. You are. Yes. Right. Do it again. Again. I'll do it again. Yes. You've done it. I've provided the evidence and proof. That's what I said. I think you'll find we collectively <laughs> did it. Yeah. Right. Stop trying to stop trying to latch onto me coach. It's coat like tails. Anyway. Easier, so. <laughs> <laughs> you have <laughs> Enough of these shenanigans. It's time to put some lights out on the Star Trek episode we have just reviewed. How many lights you see? There are four lights! I asked how many lights you see. Lights out of five, please, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Andrea, I'll come to you first. What's your lights out of five on this? And um, please. I'm going to give it a good solid four lights out of five. Ooh. I enjoyed it. Oh, that's very, that's, that's fairly strong. Uh, John, what about you? Yeah, I find myself unable to say it was excellent, but also it wasn't shit, so four for me as well. What, Linz? So, I was also going to say four, but I'm going to give it an extra half mark for Voyager referencing. Oh, so good girl, good girl. Well, I'm going to go five again, because I fucking loved this. It was amazing. Um, yeah, so five again. I'm just loving this whole season. Have we uh, ever reviewed anything that Bob didn't like? 
He would give it zero. It's, he's very much, and I don't want to like make mockery of it, but he is very much all or nothing, is Bob. Have you met, you've met me, haven't you, John? Yeah, mostly all, <laughs> I have to say, mostly all. I was about to say, I, I've, I've listened to Bob reviewing things he doesn't enjoy, and it's not very fun <laughs> for anybody involved, I suspect. So let's just be glad that I think on this, I think on this podcast, I think the only one I've done that I didn't really enjoy was that fucking cartoon that we stopped talking to. <laughs> stop, in fact, when, yeah, you were on the podcast, Lindsay, so it was us fucking feral kids left to it. Um, and we, we lasted oh, on 20 minutes. Yeah, we pretty just, sure I was there. Yeah, I don't know. We just had 20 minutes. We were about jizzing on people's faces. But I can't remember. Uh, cool. Well, lovely. That was a, a lovely lights out of five. Very strong. I'll put Sucky's in there. And by the way, Sucky, give it a 4.5 as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very high. Uh, enough of what you think. Anyway, it's time to find out what you think in uh, listeners' feedback. Well, you've heard what we think, jabbering on. Let's find out what you guys think. Um, Lindsay, I'll come to you first, please. Uh, so this first comment is from Rachel Kirky from uh, at B. Kirk on Twitter. Uh, my little thought about Star Trek Discovery. Everyone going on about how the Federation's decimated. Yes, it's smaller than it was pre-Burn, but still 38 planets is nothing to snub at. Archer would be surprised and delighted that he had something to do uh, they had something to do with bringing 38 planets together. Also, the planets people they have met aren't against the Federation. They seem to remember it with fondness. It just, uh, they aren't around anymore. It's not the golden years of the Federation, but it has endured and with Discovery's help can rebuild. Um, also, with all those Delta Quadrant places, did the burnout happen there? Is the Federation HQ in the Delta Quadrant? Is that why Voyager is so significant? I have questions. <laughs> you do indeed, Rachel. Thank you very much. Uh, Andrea? Right. Um, we've got some uh, some comments from lovely Kat on Twitter, um, who has given me permission and consent to edit them a little bit. Um <laughs> Right, so she says, Saru's very trusting. Who knows how much Starfleet might have changed? They better not, not upgrade Discovery's command chair. It's beautiful as it is. I can attest that it's plastic shite because I've sat on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my interjection there. I'm sure Kat won't mind. Um, let's have this thing. Um, AI Eli reminds me of Garrick. Um, two truths now exist in one space that never goes well. Um, this American can testify to that. Um, God, I love Reno and Stamets. Stiff Starfleet officer, you're not very professional, Reno. I'm trying to raise the bar. Um, Saru made Michael do that thing with her mouth as the first time she met Stamets. They make a good team, Picard with Kirk. Um, Detmar's still a little shaky at the helm. Um, just trying to pick some extra bits. Um, great to see more person-sized stories instead of we have to save the entire universe. I'm glad they were on a mission to save the Killy and that they succeeded. You stopping there? Yeah, it's, uh, Kat has written us a lovely essay. Yes, it's, it's great. Really good. Thanks very much, Kat. Um, uh, I'll come to you now, John. Well, just one extra one that Kat mentioned. Please, please no more shite talk. I don't mind you talking shite, but the excrement stuff. Jeez, guys, I was eating while listening. All right, <laughs> we'll take that on board. Oh, thank you. We have sort of taken it board a bit. There's been no Ma- food talk this week, Kat, but thank you very much again for your feedback. John. Mark, Mark Cockrum has provided us with this. 
Wow, so exciting from the first minute of the cold open. The spacecraft were absolutely stunning and the world building was on another level. I'm glad the child didn't eat any more of the lady frog's eggs. Also, the new Mandalorians kick ass. The sequence <laughs> where they raided the Imperial ship laden with weapons was fantastic and incredibly filmic. I can't wait for the next episode. Five dark sabers out of five. I think Mark might have got a little retroactive bit spoiler for the yeah, Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's fucking. It was fucking great, Mark. Um, and I'm, I'm presuming you enjoy this one, uh, the Discovery episode as well, which we actually we actually are reviewing. Oh, mate, it's my favourite sugar puff. It's Craig Stimpson. Um, lo- I've got, I've got to do a voice, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, loved it. Very celebratory epic start, following followed by a classic adventure where the crew show their worth. Um, and by the way, Craig, you spelt there wrong. You're a teacher. Great yep. uh, <laughs> ending. Uh, resetting the adventure for Discovery. Thank you very much, you beautiful human. It looks like he's also put an extra space between resetting and the, which, oh, you no. know. He's a teacher. Terrible, Come on, terrible. my friend. Come on. Uh, Lindsay. Uh, so I have the following from James Berridge. Um, a great episode in Up To Yet. Sorry, in our Up To Yet season of great episodes. Discovery has really found its feet, as well as the remnants of the Federation in its third season. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to be the loving, fuzzy homecoming that Saru and the crew were expecting, but it was so good to see the Federation ship service, especially the J incarnation of a certain Delta Quadrant veteran. <laughs> um, J for Janeway, we're just going to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> at its core, the episode was a classic veteran. I really, um, want, I really wanted to say J for Jizz at that point, but I'm going to refrain from that. Go on. Uh, hey, were you? Bob, <laughs> behave yourself. Carry on, Lindsay. Um, it, at its core, this episode was classic Trek main story with B-plot, with both culminating in a way that harks back to Trek's more episodic era. We could now almost have a soft restart of the season with a discovery back in the Federation fold, tasked with reuniting via the spore drive the castaway Federation planets, as well as getting to the bottom of the burn. For me, this is the best start to a season of Trek ever, and I was raised on TNG. Also, Cronenberg interrogating Giorgio was class. Lovely. Thanks, James. That's cool. Uh, Andrea? We have got Rick Scott on Facebook who says, This is the first time for me that it really felt like watching a good Star Trek show. Seeing the crew working together and all getting character beats, actually acting like officers, taking responsibility and respecting the chain of command. A storyline focused on people, ideas and ethics. Plausible techno bubble. A good script, worthwhile and interesting ideas, actually about discovery rather than blowing shit up. Hints of a compelling series with mysteries and arcs, dealing with issues in a way that felt fresh. Detmer's PSD, PTSD. Poking fun at the sillier parts so far when the hologram asks Burnham if she's been experiencing wild mood swings and emotional displays. The moment where Burnham took command and worked that bridge, I felt... I felt like, crap, this is really Star Trek. I see a five o'clock shadow on Discovery's face, and here it is season three. Let's hope it continues. <laughs> um, actually inventing a load of new ship types and having the crew geek out over them felt like really intelligent fan service as well. Like giving us what we want, but new, not just retro stuff. Kind of opposite to Star Trek Picard's approach of making one fairly half-assed new cruiser and cloning it a million times for the fleet scenes. Cool. Thanks a lot, Rick. That was really good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, John? Steph Davies says, fantastic episode. Some lovely tributes to Trek of the past in here, while showing the passion and to go where no one 
has gone, gone before. before. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Steph. Got Mark Atkinson here. Uh, well, this is the first <laughs> negative, isn't it, really, Mark? I, I, I usually do your voice, but I'm, I'm, I'm not in the mood. Uh, I didn't really enjoy this episode. I found it dull and talky. I love, I love when Mark says that. Uh, maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it, um, but it just didn't engage me at all. It looked nice, though. Six out of ten. Bless you, Mark. I'm going to come to Andrew for this one. It's your, your, your pal, Gary Russell-like. It is. Um, hello, Bob. Um, <laughs> all opposite of last week. Star Trek is back. 4.5 out of 5. Uh, there's only one, Gary <laughs> Um Lindsay, it's your turn next. Uh, so I have Jack McMorrow. Uh, without wanting to sound hyperbolic, not only did I love last week, but this does it even better somehow. The Voyager J and the USS Nog were such great touches, and while I am prepared to throw a tantrum over this being the second week in a row without grudge the perfect cat, we're starting to get a quality level of Voyager Season 5, or get to a quality level of Voyager Season 5. Without wanting to jinx it, if it turns out that uh, turns out what that's what season three of Discovery is, the extended wait was well worth it. By the way, so many people pronounce my surname wrong, but you never do. Between this and your love for Trek, uh, I give Die Trying 4.75 M&S Min Spies oh, out of five. Fucking solid, mate. Nice one, Jack. Let's hope I got it right this week. Yeah. <laughs> John. Joshua Dieball, uh, another solid, enjoyable episode. Was a bit surprised that the Federation staff didn't seem very diverse. Largely human, where were the Vulcans, etc. But all in all, loved it again. Hope they can keep this up. One. Cheers, Josh. Thank you very much. Got uh, Cliff Shepard from Shep's Deep Dive or Deep Sheps on uh, Twitter. Um, you might hear me and John on there sometimes well, doing a, a Lynch Mob podcast. Uh, top man, Sheps, by the way. Top man. Uh, firstly, uh, I was flo- <laughs> I want floating chairs. Uh, that was awesome. It was classic track uh, teamwork in story to show they need to stay as one. A spaceship with shed with a shed load of seeds. Wow, who managed that? Jason John. <laughs> That's what I was thinking as well with this one. I was just thinking, oh, is you. Anyway, uh, the, those ships uh, look badass uh, with flaw that materialises as you walk uh, and grumpy AI. Uh, doctors, uh, Nan had a farewell story, but why? I have to give at least a month's notice for an internal job, maybe three months external. Andrea picked up on that before. Uh, at least you can have a have a nice hybrid and smoke yourself silly. Uh, oh, and how the fuck can I not mention the uh, epitome? What's that word? Epitome. Epitome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, of cool shrink David Cronenberg, as Giorgio's tough and finally tough uh, fine, tough wall finally crumbling uh, as he tells us some truths. And what what was the the frozen look on look to burn him uh, there has has there a ship sorry i'm really struggling with this has there been a ship uh, possessed along with has their ship been possessed along with their mind with their minds is this is this an elaborate dream why the same music is heard from plant people and adira loving it for sativa sees out of five cliff i don't know why i struggle with that. i'm very sorry um lindsay back to you um, last, uh, we have Helen Magnus. Um, five out of five for me. The blinking, oh, did fair. The cutting between interrogations, 
Voyager, uh, who needs what, functional dysfunction, nan, uh, welcome home, and we are both looking up. Lovely. Three crying faces. <laughs> Andrea, can we get you to do this one, please, from our posh, lovely Deborah? Lovely Deborah. Right, that I really wasn't keen on this episode is only because the first three episodes of the series were outstanding. There were some great moments, like the crew debriefings, although where did a day we get dragged off to and why did nobody care? Maybe they're helping her with her bowing technique. But emotion, emotionless, annoying Burnham from the previous seasons has now become arrogant, annoying Burnham. Maybe she is on some journey to bond with Giorgio by moving away from orthodox actions a bit. Nan Gorn is disappointing and a waste. Plus, she didn't even check if that guy wanted her to stay. It's like one of those Channel 4 dating shows where you meet someone and then instantly get stranded on a spaceship for eternity. Why has Michael started whispering again? It's really pissing me off. The last thing you need is an emergency, in an emergency is the first officer whispering. I just had visions of the bridge crew responding to shields up with what did you say and can you speak up, Commander? No wonder Detmer is always fiddling with her implant. She probably has to have the volume turned up when Burnham comes in. And Burnham <laughs> acting like a hormonal teenager to the Admiral suggests she shouldn't be in charge of a milk float, let alone a spaceship. And first meeting with Vance, Saru is basically saying, Burnham is much better at this than me, so I will stay here and she can command the ship. They're not very good at making a case for Vance to trust them. I may be a bit grumpy this week, but lovely to see the USS Nog. The medical hologram Eli is great. The interrogator played by David Cronenberg is awesome. Lots of questions raised that excite me for the rest of the season. So two and a half lights out of five. I hear two and a half? Yep, I hear grudges back next week. Also, brave little Scotlander in the Euros. Bless. Love you all, even if you do hate reading my long contributions. Sorry, oh, you should see the unedited version. Love it. So impressed. So posh. Lindsay, yeah, the Scotch won the football. What do you think about that? Turn on it. I care very little, mostly because I know from experience that the letdown will only be even more yeah, extreme yeah, when it there. comes. And the Scotch in the fucking final. I mean, when it comes to Scottish football, you've got to be in it to like come last, haven't you? Yeah, well, somebody's <laughs> going to come last. Somebody's going to make England. England feel better, don't they? Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. No, no, exactly. I put a request out actually uh, on the the um, Star Trek Yorkshire group, uh, and as a many a true and proud Yorkshireman, um, I put forward what they, you know, to ask them what they thought about it, get some feedback off them. Uh, so here is the feedback from the Yorkshire, uh, Star Trek Yorkshire group on, on Facebook. I recommend the group, it's really funny, loads of good memes and that. I've uh, got Jane, uh, sorry, James Christian Warren, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, thought there might be, might have been a Q reference when David Cronenberg accused Giorgio of asking. Lindsay? I'm asking two questions more specifically. Yes, uh, David Sharp, uh, too busy enjoying DS9 season six to even think about Discovery. Well, as long as you're enjoying it, David, that's all. Exactly, John. Uh, Paul Allison says really enjoying Discovery. Certainly the best series since TNG in my book. DS9 was very good. I just feel I just failed to engage more with the characters and story. Cool, Thank thanks. you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Hey, Andrea. Um, we've got Sean Rowell who says just keeps getting better unlike Mandalorian oh controversial, controversial. Yeah. Uh, Dean wrong. Hodgson loved it Lindsay uh, Kevin Alexander Rushworth it was fantastic don't know him personally but apparently he's fantastic yeah it was fantastic uh, John uh, Ash Retro Wheaton Williams says, I loved the episode seeing the Voyager J and even the USS Nog 
great tribute to a great actor who has now passed. Thank you. Glenn Hodgson, loving it. Best ever. Uh, we have um, Joseph Michael John Halliwell. Uh, pretty damn cool. That was uh, that was there. That, that there was the USS Voyager. Uh, Neil Beaumont, great episode. Next week's preview reminded me of The Running Man. Anyone else? We'll find out next week, won't we? Andrea, Simon Smart is uh, talking to us. Right. This season is like Windows releases, in my opinion. Bad, good, bad, good, so far. Also, not seen an episode where we don't have floods of tears. We're getting there with Discovery. Let's keep it moving. More sci-fi story and less socio-political posturing and we'll be golden. I'll do a couple here. Uh, Nicola Hardcastle, uh, love it. Uh, Mick Kelly, brilliant, loved it. It's very positive. Uh, and Lindsay? Uh, so I've got Christopher Timothy Coleman. I'm really enjoying this season. I love the crew's response to seeing all the other starships. I particularly liked the Voyager and Nog references. Same here, Awesome. Well, thank you very much indeed, Star Trek Yorkshire Group. Can I just say, I love the Star Trek Yorkshire group because in true Yorkshire fashion, they're just so to the point. This is what I thought of the episode. There's no essays <laughs> in there. There's no, like, 25 kids. Like, like, much as I love our regular contributors, I think Yorkshire people, I want you all yeah. back next week. Fucking mint. Lovely. Aye, great. So we've heard from the Yorkshire uh, the Star Trek Yorkshire group on Facebook and this is a feedback we got from uh, UK Star Trek, Star Trek fans on a, a fa- on, the fa- on their Facebook group um, got Gary Finity uh, strong episode Alex Herb uh, X Herben uh, fire Mark w- uh, Mark Womble really good episode lots going on Mark Womble again now the future has seen the spore drive we'll be able to copy it we didn't touch on that actually but we maybe should uh, Pierre Rutz uh, really good uh, Lindsay I'll come to you next if we can yeah, um, I've got a comment from John Kelly. It's got the feel of a Star Trek episode of the week, um, but it's not quite right. Not sure about the foundations of an arc with the lullaby, thinking Big Bad Wolf, Doctor Who surprise, um, and gorgeous blank out. But I'm prepared to accept the storyline and await what happens. Jim Goff. Best episode yet. Mark, Mark Womble's back again. Thanks, Mark. Uh, what about seeing Voyager? Wow, loved it. Andrea? Uh, in sort of response to that, we've got Ian Sanderson, who's left us a lovely picture of the uh, the side of the Voyager ship and put minor Trek-based sex we at this bit. That's a basement-style comment, if ever there was one. Lovely. Neil Sellers, <laughs> stunning. Uh, Mark. Mark Womble again. Mark, he keeps wombling back. I'm loving it. Uh, and last one, I promise. Uh, do you think they have quantum slipstream drive? We don't know. Uh, John, I'm going to come back to you. Kirsten McKay says, loving this season even more than the previous. And the USS Nog we saw was a nice tribute to Aaron Eisenberg. I hope we get to see it again. Thank it you. Be- it was beautiful. Lindsay? Um, I've got Brett Allen. Nice uh, to see a call back to Enterprise with the Temporal Time War. We didn't even mention that. The call it to the Temporal Time War, I thought was really good. And then we have Gina Dudley. Um I love. I too. I too love this season, uh, and I have been a Trekkie since it began with Captain Kirk many years ago. Thank you, Gina. Stephen uh, Shepard uh, started well, but quickly went downhill. Worse so far. Mm, okay, nice one. Uh, Steve Dickinson loved it. Long live Disco. Finally, uh, from this UK Star Trek uh, 
fans group. We've got David Notarius. Uh, great to see David Cronenberg in the future, Starfleet, as the glasses guy. Um, hope he directs some future episodes. Well, let's see what happens there, David. Thank you very much. Uh, and they were all from the UK Star Trek fans group on Facebook. Go and check them out. That was amazing. I woke up this morning, put on my red shirt. Redshirt time, come on. Andrea, easy redshirt this week. Um, I would have voted for Bob. Again? Yeah. This is game ridiculous. Like, Five. every week, I don't know what gives off this aura about me, but every week, my little, like, get-to-know-your-host thing is, like, lewd and crude, so I'm nominating Bob. So, that's fine, Andrea, because you're properly classy in that, aren't you? So... And like you know, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's cool. And no, no, she is. She's a princess. John. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Andrew because she's not a princess. She's not a princess. Oh, at all. So, uh, and also, princess. and also, I think, I think, it, it, just because, like, you've made your own bed with these questions that Bob is asking you by encouraging him. So that's why I'm picking you. Oh, we have one each, Princess. Um, and uh, <laughs> Lindsay. I don't know whether to be offended or reassured that I am not a princess. Um, I. Princess. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, I am going to vote for John. John. Because I now have J as for Jizz stuck in my head <laughs> in like a Sesame Street style it's, uh, kind of like it's presentation. Better, it, it's better that it's stuck in your head than it's stuck in your hair, Lindsay. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> possibly comment. Oh, amazing. So, what, you have Andrea has one, John has one, Lindsay has one, I've one. Andrea's not got one, has she? Oh, you have? Oh, Who's yeah, got... she has. So we've all got one. I don't have one. It's hard this week. You've all been awesome. Um... <laughs> This is why we shouldn't let you go last, because you always pull that card. No, but you have. I'm going to go for Lindsay. So it's a fucking tie. It's a fucking tie, and we're all going to die. Um, how are we all going to die, red shit fuckers? <laughs> um, I think we're <laughs> trapped on the seed ship forever with nothing but weed for company. That sounds fucking amazing. That doesn't sound bad. That sounds well, bad. it will be when we like eat each other, because we're... Yeah, I'll be fucking. I'll take a bag of king size Twixes with me, and some you <laughs> tea milk. I'll be fair. Well, death by weed. <laughs> Lovely. Anyway, we come to the show. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Um, thank you if you got to the end. Uh, that's amazing. Well done, you all. Um, and thank you very much indeed, my dear co-host and Harim for for joining me on this expedition. Um, so we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be reviewing the next episode of Star Trek Discovery, and I can't wait. Thank you very much indeed, and goodbye. Bye. John, say bye. I never do. Why? I, no, I never do on any of the well, pods. Say bye. And, I, and this is the one time you're picking up on it. Yeah. You should like, edit more, Bob, yeah. is what you should do. Say bye. Are say you going to edit it in? Yeah, say bye. No. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Why won't you say bye to people? It's rude. I never do say bye because I don't want to be. I'm just gonna. I don't want to trouble you. You have absolutely zero legs to stand on when it comes to like manners. How fucking dare you? What do you mean? You're the one who wouldn't wait for other people before they ate you last week. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, you lot. I said it went nice. You can fuck off.